Hello, everybody. Um, happy Thursday to you. Uh, this is Daniel Gershberg with the I Am The Law podcast. Uh, I am very, very pleased to uh, bring you someone that I think you're going to get a lot of value from. His name is Ashish Walia. He is the COO of Law Trades. Um, and again, in my ongoing conversation about the future of tech, I brought him here because his company is doing some super exciting things. And I want to get his take um, on where law is going, what he sees for attorneys, and realistically to discuss the age-old question of how do attorneys get clients and is that going to change sort of later on down the line. So welcome and thank you so much for coming by. Thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate it. So give me a little bit uh, on your background. Who the hell are you? you know, where did you come <laughs> from and, and how'd you get here? Sure. So, um, you know, I grew up in Waterbury, Connecticut. It's a super small city and you know, after high school, I was just like, you know, I, I really want to get out of here. I want to get out of Connecticut. So um, I decided to go to St. John's. You know, I really like the environment. And that's where I met my co-founder, Rod. And, um, you know, he went through law school. He kind of like helped me get into law school. And then um, I guess last year during my 2L year, um, you know, he had just graduated and he made this web app for Facebook that scaled to like 3 million users. And then he was like, you know what? I think I should probably be doing something tech related in the legal industry because I have this degree now. And he knew that I was kind of someone that was always looking to kind of start something and, and get my foot in the door with something. So he brought me on um, once the idea was pretty much formed. And then um, from there, we just, you know, been able to take off. And, you know, the whole idea is to pretty much be able to give consumers and businesses um, streamlined access to legal services. You know, so that's kind of it in a nutshell. Um, and yeah. What what made you decide to go to law school? Why in the world did you decide? Because I, I have no idea. Like, I, people always ask yeah. me if I always wanted to be a lawyer. The answer is obviously no. Yeah. Um, I majored in philosophy and political science. I had no idea what in the world I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And I had Jewish parents, uh, which meant that there was just tons of pressure that I, I still deal with with my therapist. So sure. what made you actually go into For law sure. school? Yeah. Honestly, uh, you know, I, I went to law school. I mean, I went to undergrad during 2008, you know, when, it, when right. we had the recession. And there was... Awesome job market. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was the worst decision. Mm -hmm. um, you know, to kind of like just go through that whole process and, and, and kind of be tied into like a real bad economy. So um, around, you know, 2011, 2012, when I kind of had to figure out what I was going to do in my life, um, I tried to get my foot in the door with like bigger corporate companies, but it just wasn't possible, you know, with that job market, you know, I wasn't going to an Ivy League school or anything. And I was a political science major. Right. The problem was halfway through um, my undergrad, I realized, hey, I probably should be doing something business related, but I didn't want to switch my major. I didn't want to stay in school for longer. So um, when push come to sh came to shove and I couldn't really find a job, um, I was just like, okay, I'm going to go to law school. So, yeah. um, fig you know, I, I knew that it was something that was kind of always in the back of my mind. I, I thought that it was something I would really like to do. Um, so it was a good backup option. And fortunately, right after, um, you know, undergrad, I just hopped right into law school. Okay. And then, you know, that's a year um, into law school, you know, just kind of getting my feet wet, trying to learn the ropes, trying right. to make sure I don't fail. Right. <laughs> the number one concern. Exactly. Yes. And, yes. Then, and then my second year came around and I was like, okay, what should I really be focusing on? Like trying to just figure out the next big thing that I should really devote 100% of my time and energy to. And that's when, you know, the opportunity for law trades came up. And it was the perfect opportunity because, you know, I wasn't sure that I wanted to practice law. Um, I really saw the value of the degree because it's so versatile. You could pretty much do a lot of things with it. But then the opportunity to jump into the business realm was kind of like, you know, that's something I've been waiting for for a while. Um, so the opportunity presented itself. Do you, so when you work with people in the industry, like in tech, um, and, and it's, it's a, 
it's a really highly fashionable industry now. Everyone says tech, and there's more startup lawyers now in New York than you can count. Absolutely. Five years ago, you didn't hear of any. Yeah. Uh, and now they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, do you find that you're dealing with a lot of attorneys that have sort of hung up uh, and they, they hung out their shingle and they're like, you know what, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going into the tech field directly, or is that, you know? You know, it, it seems like a lot of the lawyers that we've, got onto the platform um, initially, you know, we, we have a vetting requirement for the lawyers, so we want to make sure that they have the requisite amount of experience to be on the site. And I guess the average years of experience is probably about, you know, nine to 10 years. And um, what we saw at first was a lot of these lawyers weren't tech savvy at all. You know, like right. they still operate, you know, uh, you know, they, they want checks instead of a credit card still, you know, they want to be able to, um, you know, bill at like a super high hourly rate. Um, and, and just like the communication, like your law practice, I saw you guys respond for, uh, to inquiries within 24 hours, yeah. but they're still, we had a lot of attorneys that were still kind of old fashioned in the sense where, you know, they kind of wanted to operate on their own terms. Um, but what they saw was, you know, the initial set of clients that they um, started dealing with on law trades kind of wanted something else, you know, like they kind of wanted what we were selling them on, which was, you know, fast, re- fast response time, super accessible, affordable, and somewhat tech savvy. Um, because, you know, that's kind of what the mission has been from uh, the start, it's, it's you know, obviously we want to send lawyers business, we want to help them get more clients, um, and we want to make the process real easy for consumers and businesses, but at the same time, we want to use this um, as an outlet to kind of educate lawyers and learn, you know, kind of teach them and give them the tools to be successful in this kind of landscape. So why don't you back up for a second? Tell me what Law Trades is. Tell me, I don't want to say the genesis of it because you, you discussed a little bit, sure. but what was that market need? So what does Law Trades do? And then what was the market need that, that Law Trades was created to essentially address? Because sure. I want to get into that. Sure. So it, it's actually funny because when we first started, we were really inspired by um, ZocDoc. I don't know if you heard of ZocDoc. It's, I have. It's yeah. A, yeah, you know, for those who don't know, it's a, it's a site that helps you book um, doctor's appointments online. I so, use them, yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. awesome. You know, it took off. And we were thinking back when the, law, the the idea first came about, we're like, why doesn't this exist for lawyers? Why can't I just go online and book an appointment with a lawyer? So we set out, you know, this was the mission. This is what we were going to do. And then it turns out, you know, we, we, we got a bunch of attorneys on the platform um, because we wanted to build up the, the supply side first. And then it turns out that a lot of the users didn't really care about booking appointments. Like that wasn't the um, thing that they were facing. Like that wasn't their pain point. Right. So we talked to after we got a bunch of users on the platform, we were kind of trying to figure out, OK, is the future going to just be booking appointments with lawyers? Right. And, and we thought that that was something real easy for anyone to really replicate. And it wasn't solving the main concerns that clients had. So after talking to a bunch of users, we kind of um, pivoted and added um, a component onto the site that really helped us take off. And the whole idea is if, if you're a consumer or if you're um, a, a business, you go onto our site, you answer probably anywhere from five to 15 questions about your legal issue. Um, And that information gets forwarded to the lawyers. And then what happens from there is the lawyers pretty much could respond back um, with a proposal, with a a brief proposal, with an estimated price quote, a personalized introduction. And um, and, and that information gets uh, pretty much meshed with what the client needs help with. And, you know, before you know it, you're in an email introduction with with the client. Um, so, So the whole idea is to help people find lawyers that match their budget, their expectations, and someone that's available. You know, like typically the clients that use the site, they'll hear back from, you know, a, a good group of lawyers, a solid amount of lawyers within, you know, probably an hour or so with, with price quotes and whatnot. And, uh, you know, and, and that's that, that, you know, that feature of getting price quotes, getting on-demand help, kind of 
vetting out those lawyers right for yourself you know but without even having to pick up the phone was kind of um, the thing that helped uh, set us apart do you so so a couple of questions on that because my first experience and, and I want to talk about how you guys differentiate yourselves from the rest of the of the pack mm-hmm. um, that's there because this is a super I mean a lot of people have tried yeah. this and it's a super sort of um, well-known thing where yeah. you know it's essentially some lawyers would say oh it's a referral sort of center where uh, a potential client comes in and they're gonna send me a referral when I first started my firm years ago you know I had no idea how to get business at the time I was doing anything I possibly could and the referral service called me and they said hey you know we're gonna give you qualified leads you're gonna pay us $65 per lead um, and which was and I was like oh what a steal this is yeah. amazing because a bankruptcy sure. you know any bankruptcy I can make fifteen hundred dollars off mm-hmm. of. um, and what would happen is they would send me people that either have left the country uh, or died <laughs> or did not exist and like... yeah and they would send me an invoice after that and say hey so we sent you 35 leads this month yeah um, even though many of them never existed we really need you to cut us this check and at that point I said you know what this is this is this is nonsense um, and then you got into the phase, and I think we're, we're leaving that phase, or, or it's going to change where testimonials were key, right? Sure. And lawyer reviews, right? Absolutely. I think a lot of that is getting crapped on a little bit these mm-hmm. days because of so many fake reviews, fake reviews yep. et cetera. So Absolutely. How, how do you guys sort of differentiate yourselves in the field of, and I don't mean this with you, just the field of crap, because sure. a lot of these referral services just sure. say, we're going to deliver you the moon, and unsuspecting lawyers go, this is it, man, this <laughs> yeah. is it, I'm finally going to make it. Mm-hmm. How do you differ from that? Yeah, so that was that's a big reason why we felt the need to start Law Trades was because after, you know, like we had a sign-up page um, before the product was even launched, so there were a lot of attorneys that kind of knew that we were going to come out with something, and in that time of just like gathering up these lawyers that were interested, we were able to get so much feedback about their experiences with you know, a lot of lead gen sites and, you know, these paper lead services and um, the experience sucked, you know, just as you alluded to. And what we've tried to do, it's not just so much like, you know, you're going to sign up to law trade, you're going to get X amount of leads and that's it. And you're going to pay us no matter what. Um, We're really big on customer service. Like that's probably our number one, like metric that we evaluate our performance on. So like, you know, like even you, you know, like you've signed up probably right. two weeks ago, but you've probably been in t- contact with us at least five times already since right. we started, you know, because what we want is we don't want someone to just use the site, pay us a monthly fee, and then that's it. And just have that be some reoccurring thing that they're locked into. So like, um, so what we do is, is, is essentially just kind of avoid that whole process by just delivering the best type of customer experience possible. So if we know a lawyer's using law trades and we're able to see that he's not getting hired that much, we'll literally go out of our way to go meet them in their office and figure out what we could do to help them. You know, so like by gathering a lot of data on, you know, certain price quotes, certain jobs that are coming in and, you know, being able to distribute that data to lawyers and saying, hey, this is what's working for some people and this is what this is what you're doing on the site. And this is why you're not, you know, really succeeding. Um, Lawyers find a lot of value in that. You know, we um, we make it a point so that, you know, like if you're on the phone with one of our lawyers, we want you to stay on the phone longer then, you know, as long as you could, you know, it's like a, a, you know, I don't know if you heard of Zappos, but yeah, of course, Zappos prides their customer service team on being on the phone. The six hour phone call where where someone called in essentially and and they get awards for keeping the customer on. So there was a customer that was asking for directions, I believe. Yeah. They were stuck somewhere and a Zappos customer service rep stayed on the phone with them for, I think, what, six hours? Yeah, exactly. And they were rewarded (laughs) for that because the customer was everything. And, And that's real big to us because we feel like that's something that like, LegalZoom has missed out on or Avo or any of these older lead gen sites because when we like 
you know, when we have our reps go on sales calls and whatnot and they talk to these lawyers, that's a common like theme that we hear all the time. They're like, you know, I, I ran into one lawyer last week who said, you know, I'm paying 75 bucks or something for legal Zoom leads, but I didn't get in contact with any of them the first week and they still nailed me with like a $500 bill. Right. Like that's something like we would never let that happen, you know, right. because that's if we're trying to, you know, be the company that's leading the legal industry, you know, five or 10 years from now, we need to have lawyers that really like us, you know, that, that really um, understand our mission because everything that we do is kind of for the, the betterment of the legal industry. So, and, and another thing that I want to focus on in this, and so my sort of, and I've had discussions with a lot of people on this, and I was actually on the phone call with, with another platform, not for this, but another sure. sort of law tech platform earlier this morning, and they essentially wanted to write a content for, um, uh, for attorneys, which is huge pitfalls in the first place to do that. But secondly, you know, I told them that they have to identify their market, right? So a lot of companies come in and they say, well, this is targeted towards lawyers. Yeah. And that's a huge sort of thing. So do you guys, um, in terms of the vetting process, because I think this is important, you guys aren't, or maybe you are, are you guys targeting that person that, you know, is still running Windows 98? Not that there's anything <laughs> wrong with sure. that. Or are you guys targeting more of a tech-savvy, customer service-based, responsive attorney? Again, not that one is in any way better than the other, but are you guys targeting a specific segment of lawyers to match with your clients? Sure, so like when we first started, um, we had the platform pretty much open to every type of lawyer, whether yeah. personal injury, criminal defense, et cetera. But what we learned at that point was that um, to cater to such a large market was you know, virtually impossible. Yeah. You know, there were gonna be a lot of people that hate us, a lot of people that have a crappy experience. So we, we kind of just looked at the clients that are using the site the most, and since we're a startup, we were able to connect with a lot of other tech entrepreneurs, and they're the ones that we saw were like the biggest surge of users on our site. So so we, we really wanted to target, you know, even till now, we're starting to expand into different practice areas, but the focus is, you know, IP attorneys and business attorneys, because those are the people we could bring the most value to. So um, we also expand city by city. So that helps us kind of pinpoint lawyers that we want on the platform. So um, ideally, we would love to have lawyers, you know, that are super tech savvy that just really get it you know that understand how this stuff works right but you know when when someone applies onto the site it's very hard to gauge that at first so um so by you know hopping on a phone call with them we're able to really understand how they operate their practice you know like by asking them you know how you typically respond to clients or how do you normally get your clients is it word of mouth or you know how, do, how much do you typically charge for like an llc job or your turnaround time you know just asking these type of questions has able to um, help us kind of pinpoint the right attorneys and we're not necessarily going to turn away an attorney that's been around for you know since 1970 that right. has this great practice and whatnot but if um, we're able to kind of feel that that person is someone that could kind of adopt what we're doing and someone that's actually willing to learn you know a new area of like how to get clients then we're all for it you know right. what I mean um, but the last thing we want is um, for attorneys, you know, to kind of come on the platform and say, hey, this is how I've been doing it for 30 years. This is how right. I'm going to operate for the, you know, until I retire. And, right. you know, that's how it's going to work. And I'm going to charge X amount no matter what. And, you know, clients are lucky if they come to me. Right. You know, like we, we've seen the, uh, those kind of lawyers. And, you know, although it's commendable and, and they've built up a great experience, I think that there has to be that pivot towards, you um, creating a practice that's geared towards the new millennials, you know, that are going to be accessing legal services, you know, the next 
30, 40 years from now. And let's get to that. Who are, so who are, so we've discussed the lawyer base. Who is the client base? In other words, the clients that are looking for attorneys, how do they find you and why do they find you? So are, yeah. are you seeing different patterns in terms of clients instead of going directly to the attorneys, now someone that wants to start up a company and that needs something trademark, et cetera, sure. but doesn't trust LegalZoom because they think it's just too off the yeah. rack. And they don't want to do it themselves. They don't want to do it themselves, you know, right. They want something that's a little bit more tailored, but yeah. a, a better price. Who are these people? Where do they find you? Where do you find yeah. them? So, you know, a lot of it goes back to like the things that you're doing, you know, right. like putting out a podcast, sitting there for free, talking to people and giving them such value. And, you know, like the way we connected was through Gary Vee yep. and he was probably, he's probably one of my biggest role models because I, you know, when we started, we didn't have any money really. You know, we signed up a dozen attorneys, but you know, we didn't have a lot of money to spend to grow this thing. So we were like, okay, what could we do for free that's gonna bring these people value? And then, you know, they could put a face to the name and eventually come back. So you believe it or not, you know, like people spend, um, I've run into lawyers that spend thousands and thousands of dollars a month on like Google pay-per-click services, right? Or um, advertising. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's you advertising on uh, you know yellow pages and whatnot or older directory sites that just cost so much money um, we've been able to find a lot of successful ways for lawyers to be able to get business and we've been implementing those tactics ourselves and um, those you know growing organically by using you know modern day platforms that are super accessible for lawyers and clients has been able to help us grow a lot so um, one example is um, we caught on to the Quora wave you know, Quora. For those those of you who don't know, it's a it's a it's a website created by um, some ex Facebook guys. Who and it's what it essentially is. It's like a, a knowledge pool. So people go on and they write questions, and you're able to respond to them directly. And you could even attach like a legal disclaimer on the bottom. Sure. So there's probably millions of questions on Quora, and believe it or not, one of their biggest um, source of questions are legal questions. Well, people will ask legal questions, and that opens up the opportunity for lawyers to come in and say, hey, you know, here's what you should think about, you know, for this scenario that you're describing and whatnot. And that adds so much value because right off the bat, you're getting that one-on-one -on -one connection with someone right over the internet. Instead of having to pay for that, you know, possible conversion, you're literally putting a face to the name. You could link it back to your website. You know, that's totally fine. And um, so I guess a lot of it has been, you know, just a kind of make it general has been giving value you know if we're on Facebook medium Twitter um, LinkedIn pulse or, or Quora you know like these outlets have been a, a lot uh, they allowed us to put out a lot of valuable information and we've done that for completely free um, sometimes we'll literally spend you know the whole weekend at our headquarters just coming up with free content you know like free content has been great for us and being able to um, distribute that to like a mailing list that we have or um, our users that follow us on Twitter, you know, that's been super helpful. So it's been all organic up until this point. That's a, that's, and that's a sort of tough point for lawyers and, and it's a pain point to a certain yeah. extent in terms of the free content and sort of here's, here's my take on that. Um, and it's different for customers. So let me actually step back. So would you classify yourself and again, it would be whatever, if sure. it's different, it's different. But so for instance, almost like an Airbnb for lawyers where someone, <laughs> where a client comes in and says, you know what, I need this, right? So yeah. instead of I need to go away to upstate New York for two weeks or whatever it is, they say, I need a lawyer. And you then give them, I don't know, four or five or whatever it is, different choices. And the lawyers are then, the hosts, let's say, are able to respond back to the clients exactly. themselves, right? And say, this is what I do. This is who I am. Exactly. This is what I would likely charge. Now let's discuss, you know, together yeah. amongst ourselves, right? Yep, so absolutely. That's, that's kind of it. Absolutely. Okay. And, and and they'll, you know, like once they're able to see like a group of lawyers that are interested, that responded, that 
um, are willing to help, you know, they typically they'll hop on a phone call with them to kind of, you know, vet them out themselves. So since a lot of them are startups um, or entrepreneurs, they're probably looking for someone for a long term relationship. So they have their own vetting requirement as well, which is why we want to vet out the lawyers just because in the event you run into one lawyer that's just, you know, not personable, that's very rude or something like that. We want to prevent that scenario before it actually occurs. Got it. Yeah, yeah. So and and so they do that. And, and going back to the to the content and value and giving away. So essentially, outside of the legal realm, what everyone seems to be doing is giving away stuff, right? Yeah. So this podcast is free. It's always going to be free mm-hmm. um, unless someone's uh, paying me a million dollars, in which case it will cease yeah. being free immediately. Um, that's never going to happen. Um, but beyond that, it's it's giving things away to people, right? Mm-hmm. Which is almost against. I don't want to say against, but lawyers always have this battle within themselves about, well, do I even give a free console and how much do yeah. I give away because they're going to be taking advantage of me? Yeah. To a certain extent with prior clients, like but there's there's tons of times I've been burned on this and people have come in and you know they've gotten whatever it is from me and walked away, but I think going forward, it's different. Yeah. Um, and, and I see that in my own clients now, you know, unless you're giving them something, because they can find it anyway. It doesn't yeah, matter, exactly. right? So they're going to go on Google and find whatever they want anyway. They go on Quora. Right, they're going to go on Quora. They're going to go, so for instance, they, if they go on Avo.com, which I, I guess is one of your, yeah. it, would you consider it a competitor or is it a different realm? Sort of, you know, I, I feel like they're more of like a just a directory service, right. but we're more of like, okay, let's build the best software, the best experience for clients and lawyers to succeed. So, so we're more, I feel like, tech-based and on-demand based. Got it. And so on ABBA, for instance, you can leave a question, someone can leave a question, let's say about, I don't know, bankruptcy, and you'll have 20 different bankruptcy attorneys that will respond to them and give them Mm -hmm. stuff like that, Uh, actual information or advice or whatever it is. Do you see that lawyers are going to have to sort of start doing that more and more and more to survive going forward? Does it depend on the segment of law that they're practicing in that you see from from law trades or is Mm -hmm. it, you know? You know, it's funny because like when, now when I look at like the uh, legal industry and how lawyers, successful lawyers get clients, a lot of it is things that we're trying to just implement on a larger scale, right? So like- What do you mean? So so like, you know, a lot of lawyers, you know, go to networking events, you know, and find potential clients there, right? So we have our team dispersed to so many networking events so that they know about us, you know? But like, I feel like there's still, um, you know, when you're in law school, you don't learn about any of this stuff. Zero. You know, like I haven't, you know, I've taken one course about interviewing, but that's probably the most practical thing that I've taken. Um, so I yeah. think that there's that whole disconnect too of like people that come out of law school or that work for um, you know Deckard or something like that that aren't really in the position to be a salesman. I think lawyers definitely need to be salesmen. You know, at the end of the day, there's so many there's so many lawyers. There's um, a limited supply of clients. So I think the people that leave a great impression on these clients are the ones that are going to end up winning. And I think to do that. Um, to be that you know successful person that leaves a, a good impression on these clients, I think you have to be a salesman, right. you know, but not you know, but not a sleazy salesman. You know, someone that gives value. You know, someone that they like talking to. Someone that could leave a good impression. And I think that it, it's going to come down to, um, I guess you know, I. It's hard to say, but I think that a lot of it will come down to um, your reputation that you have online. You know, so like, I know that every single person that I would want to use Law Trades is probably going on. Um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Quora, Medium, you know, probably at least five times a day. I'm guilty of it. I do it myself, right? So in, in, in the sense, like, 
you kind of almost have to build your brand on all these platforms and like like Gary Vee says you have to become a media company right. every every business to survive has to probably devote at least like a couple hours a day to putting out some media you know that people are going to find helpful that they'll find funny that might not even be necessarily related to you know practicing law you know but it's just building up that reputation online and i think that you know it's not just so much about pumping out 5 or 10 blog posts a day you know, it has to be valuable stuff that people really want to know. And I think it's also a combination of brand building. You know, right. it, you, you go ahead. No, yeah, go ahead. So, so it, you, I want to touch upon that content thing because that's huge these days. Mm-hmm. When I first started blogging, it was all about keywords, right? To yeah. a certain extent, it was like you had to throw in yeah. somewhere in the blog post, you had to say, I'm a New York City bankruptcy attorney or I'm a New York City real estate attorney because Google had to index that, they had to pick it up. And it was all about getting more and more pages and backlinks, et cetera. Mm-hmm. That morphed almost overnight mm-hmm. uh, into something that that's changed, which is nuts. There's just so much more information that's out there that I think that lawyers, and I see this sometimes if a lawyer, I don't want to say struggling, but is looking for other avenues, they will just push just so much crap content out. When I mean by crap yeah. content, I literally mean like yeah, crap. Exactly. They'll pay someone, like, they'll outsource an article or something like that. To do that, right? Yeah. And someone they're going to say, because yeah. someone's going to say, look, Google's going to see that and your your page is going to be on, you know, the, yeah. your whatever website. Everyone wants to be page. ranked number right, one. Number one, yeah. it's not going to happen. Absolutely. Now that companies like Medium have come along, it really mm-hmm. does sort of depend on what you're putting out there. So yeah. What is it that you're seeing that lawyers are putting out there now that differentiates themselves? Or what would you say to someone that's saying, look, you know, I do want to get out there. I do want to get more clients. But in order to – so I guess the question is what do you see lawyers doing that builds value that would then inherently maybe bring a client down the road? Because it's not – and I talked about this before. I don't think it's uh, you know website money. Like yeah. lawyers equate that. They go website money. Yeah, and it's exactly. Not that. It's I'm going to make that. a website. Everyone's yeah. going to find me and I'm going to make a killing because I'm going to pump out stuff that's going to rank me number one on Google. Right. And like, it's not It's a that. totally wrong way to think about it. You're going to die at that point. Exactly. You're, you're dead in the water. Exactly. Because it, it's not about just pumping out stuff anymore. Google can change their algorithm anytime they want, which they do. Right. And that makes everyone's rankings end up, you know, completely crashing because right. there's, it's all about putting out that value, you know, and it's, it's. It's so like subjective because it's in this in the sense it's like okay what's gonna help me um, get something that people are gonna definitely read right and I think some people are always focused on okay I need to build the biggest audience possible that's gonna listen to this or that's gonna read this and I always tell lawyers I'm like hey if you're on Medium or if you're on Twitter and you have you know ten followers right yeah. and you you don't think that it's gonna be valuable at all to be sending a tweet because you don't think that ten people is enough it's like you already have 10 people that are following you. Yeah. You have 10 people interested in what you're going to tweet or write on Medium or whatever it is, and they're going to get notified about it. Right. So it's like I think people, you know, it goes back to being like uh, coming from those humble origins of being like a, a salesperson that didn't really have much, that didn't really have any money. And it's like, okay, how could I get people to really care? And what I found was that one-on-one interaction, that one-on-one hustle, you know, right. pays off a lot. You know what I mean? And it's like I think that – you know, for someone who's trying to find a way to pump out good content, but it is worried that that one piece of content isn't going to go viral or anything like that, or a lot of people aren't going to read it. If you write something so good on Medium or LinkedIn Pulse, you know, maybe like a like a how-to guide on incorporating your business, right? Something real short that a regular person could understand, sure. right? That speaks to an entrepreneur, and you put that content out on something like Medium or LinkedIn, right? Like those those platforms have an inherent viral loop. Right, so if you write something super good 
and you have maybe even a hundred followers, right? There's a good chance that if that content is so valuable, um, Medium or LinkedIn will help you promote that article. Right. So like, I had one article last week that was just um, I wrote a, a three hundred or four hundred word um, short explanation on why companies decide to incorporate in Delaware, mm -hmm. right? And I linked that back to Law Trades. Medium thought that it was a good post, so it ended up getting promoted to about five or six thousand people because I spent about you know a good two hours trying to put something real concise, real um, easy to understand, and that was able to you know pick up on Medium. So many people read it. You're able to see how many people read it sure. and where all these people were finding sure. it. And you know, you're able to engage with them right off the bat. So one night I just literally spent, um, you know, once it went viral and a lot of people commented on it and stuff, I literally just sat there and messaged every single person back. You know, I was like, hey, uh, thank you for reading this article. You know, let me know if I could ever help you with anything. Or, you know, I really appreciate you taking that time out. And, and I never see lawyers do that. You know, right. like it's kind of, it, it blows my mind, you know, but I guess a lot of it comes down to not having that knowledge or that experience about like how to do this, you know, and hopefully I, I hopefully in the, the next trend, um, you know, in my law school too, like I see now like a lot of it is like a, um, how to get clients like they're starting to kind of push that onto lawyers or future lawyers because I think there's that um, they kind of know that like not everyone's going to go and get that job that they want anymore and a lot of people are going to have to start their own firms. Yeah, they're you know? going to have to anyway. They have no idea, at least, you know, and, and I've spoken to a lot of these these kids that come out of law school and they, they say, well, how'd you get your clients? Well, my, what's what impressive. Yeah, what'd you do? <laughs> it was eight years ago. So I literally just, I mean, it was a completely different world. I hustled. I took everything that came in the door. Mm -hmm. I met with clients at their homes. I met with clients at their businesses. If they want to meet on Saturday night, I met on Saturday night. Exactly. Sunday morning, no problem. And I put it into um, other avenues. So for instance, you know, I, I had no money to my name and, and I finally got one client and I said, you know what? I went to Rutgers and people do a lot of drugs at Rutgers. <laughs> so I'm going to, and I used to work for the newspaper, I'm going to put an ad in the, in the Rutgers newspaper um, that says, you know, Rutgers attorney is here for any of your drug cases, yeah. et cetera, whatever. <laughs> and nothing happened for three months. And then one day, you know, some, some person called me and they said, um, I, I I just got found by the Rutgers police with a, a brick of marijuana oh my God. Uh, in in my in my dorm room, and I said, "Crap, that's way too much for me to be able to handle." So I referred it to a New Jersey attorney, who then started referring me a bunch of cases. He did an awesome job on the work, but it was hustling. It was yeah. city search before Yelp, and then it was mm -hmm. Yelp, and it was you know giving a, talking and appearances, yeah. etc. And ninety percent of the stuff that I did was crap. But it allowed me to find the ten percent that actually exactly. worked, right? Exactly. Now, but I, you know, I don't envy these guys that are coming out now because you know when I was on City Search, which was before Yelp, there were no attorneys. There, you know, getting a five star review was huge yeah. back in the day. Absolutely. And the SEO of City Search or Yelp would, would blow the pants off the SEO of any website, so mm -hmm. I didn't have to spend that money. Now it's different. Now everyone has five star reviews. Everyone's a super lawyer. Not sure. Nothing. I'm a super lawyer. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> yeah. I haven't done anything yeah. to be a super lawyer, but you know, they, they name me as a rising I star. I saw that. It is. Yeah, it's phenomenal. I have no idea what it means. Yeah. And um, you know, the problem is it, there's so much noise out there. There's so many five star reviews that mm -hmm. for lawyers these days to separate themselves, you know, not only is it tough to find clients, but it's now tougher than ever. Mm -hmm. So you didn't have to compete with LegalZoom when someone wanted to incorporate a business seven years ago. Yeah. Really. Like, yeah, they exactly. would come to you and you'd say, eh, $2,000. And now they have like a 10% market share on every incorporation or Everything, something like that. Right? It's, it's nuts. You have to somehow convince a potential client that's on a shoestring budget that the service you're offering is 10x yeah. 
over legal zoom or over somebody else or over a competitor that'll still charge you know five hundred dollars six hundred six hundred dollars yeah. to start a business absolutely so I, I think you know lawyers may have to as, as horrible as it sounds they, they when I say horrible I just mean we get it taken advantage of sometimes by clients that want free stuff yeah but every day <laughs> every day yeah. but it's now you know part of it, it part of the ball game is that you have to essentially give away stuff to people that will actually inherently find value in it exactly and that will want to then say wow this, this guy's awesome exactly um, I, I have to meet with him and actually do business with him mm -hmm. which is a much tougher thing to do when you're trying to make a couple bucks to, yeah, you know, exactly. to pay the rent the natural thing is just to hope that you know you open up shop you put yeah. up a website and people will find you but I think that's literally Doesn't. impossible. Like if I went out and started a firm today, I, you know, and I'd never had law trades. Do? Right. Yeah. Well, so what do you, you yeah. start up a firm? What do you do to yeah. find somebody? So if I start up, uh, yeah. this is going to be fun. So if I start up a firm today, knowing what I know now, I would literally spend probably a couple of weeks straight just pumping out content. Yeah. You know, pumping out, being so active on like, you know, like if when LegalZoom first started, right, their, yeah. their CEO, like an interview said that. They started right around the time when um, Google AdWords like really came out. So like they were able to be one of the first movers in the legal space that advertised on the side of those Google results page. Sure. So when they did that, they caught the early wave right. and they took off. You right. know what I mean? Like people were clicking on it, hundred dollar incorporation. They would know how much exactly that they would make, and bam, you know, conversions. Right. But now it's like it's you can't. You have to find the next new thing yeah. that's that's absolutely crushing it. So like I know now that if I start a new practice, I would never go on Google AdWords because there's probably a very slim chance that um, I'm gonna get the type of conversion that I want. Because you're literally just throwing up an ad and hoping someone will find it and come to you. But little do you know, I mean, little do attorneys know there's seven other ads on top of it or below it or on the side, and you're, you're you know you have a real small chance of. Um, getting these clients so I would spend a lot of time focusing on what people are on right so like I said our ideal customers are on Twitter all the time they're on Instagram they're on medium they're on LinkedIn you know they're on um, Facebook you right. know so like in, instead of spending a lot of time um, you know putting out content on your blog that probably no one's gonna read realistically you know unless you've been around for a while sure. I wouldn't I wouldn't focus on a blog I wouldn't focus on Google AdWords I would focus on catching up and giving value on all these platforms and understanding the context behind them right, right. so like there's you could go on if you go um, if you type in if you go on Twitter and you you know twitter.com slash search and you search lawyer right you're gonna literally just see a million lawyers tweeting out got injured in a car accident call me for a free consultation you know got uh, get get busted for marijuana okay here's yep. my number and you'll see literally 20 tweets of the same exact thing. And I have it, it up for it, bankruptcy attorneys looking, and New York City real yeah, estate attorneys. We're looking at, looking at it right now. You know? Now hiring experienced real estate attorneys, real estate lawyer, class of 09, wise counsel, yeah. real estate attorney in New York, commercial real estate attorney. It just makes no sense. <laughs> makes, Sell your home, real estate attorney. Yeah, and this is what I think like, this is like, you know, people are worried about the legal industry and getting clients, but this is a huge opportunity right. at the same time because someone who's, someone who like takes the time out to understand the value that these um, platforms could bring is huge you know like it shouldn't be you know going on Twitter and if you're trying to think about like what I should write about right think about your target audience if for us right if we're if we want to be um, grabbing all these entrepreneurs to come to law trades we're not gonna just put out come to law trades and get on you know help for a start right you'll probably see if you look at our Twitter feed you'll probably see maybe one out of every five or six tweets that say something like that right and then a lot of it is just value that 
um, caters to them. So like, you know, even something so simple as like a, a quote, you know, a motivational quote, yeah. absolutely crushes it on Twitter. You know, yeah. like one of our pinned tweets is like a motivational quote that had like, you know, over a hundred retweets or something like that. But something so simple as that, like has a long-term ROI. You know what I mean? And, it, and that's the part where, like, lawyers really have to understand. It's like doing this stuff, being active on Facebook, um, Twitter, or Medium, or LinkedIn, whatever it is, has such a long-term ROI if you're consistently doing it. So, the, but, and the reality, you know, would you would you agree to that the reality then, when you talk about ROI, the return on investment in something like this, and these are these are all Gary V, Gary Viner. Oh, yeah, parts. absolutely. I, I'm a huge, yeah, I love them as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, these, it's, it's almost like a mental shift. And I keep going back to this with attorneys these days mm-hmm. in that when they put a yellow pages ad up or when they used to do this stuff, right. And they would say, I don't know, criminal attorney, DUI, $2,000 experience, former DA. Yeah. The conversion or the ROI on something like that was my ad costs a thousand dollars a month. I've made $5,000 a month from yeah. this ad. That's my ROI, mm-hmm. right? On something like this, there really isn't. Uh, you you cannot track the ROI as easily. Yeah, it's a long term play, mm-hmm. which is scary as all hell. But it may be good because it's organic. So the person that finds you, you know, via the yellow pages, may be a one off. Yeah, right. So the lifetime value of that client may be that two thousand dollar DUI. Mm-hmm. If you're a I don't know a small business attorney and you deal with restaurants, for instance, right, and you write about you know restaurants in Brooklyn that just opened up and some of the problems that they have and the issues with liquor licensing, etc., and someone is reading that, you're not selling anything, right? You're not saying call me if you yeah. have an issue. You're literally there's no call to action mm-hmm. at all, which is antithetical to what most lawyers are taught is that you have to you know have a way yeah. for a client to find you yeah, and call absolutely. you right away. Um, if you have no call to action and you get this sort of user base, right, that, that loves it and they retweet it to other people that have restaurants, et cetera, you build an inherent trust. Exactly. And you're building the audience. You're building the you audience. Know? Finally, someone's going to contact you and say, hey, what are your thoughts on this? Mm-hmm. You build a relationship and then that client will likely, if you do a good job, come back to you over and over and you have a continuing relationship with him Absolutely. or her online because mm-hmm. of it. they constantly hear you talk. So it's like being at a networking event all the time, all the time, exactly. all the time, right? Exactly, it's exactly. No all idea. Yeah, yep. but that's how it kind of works. So do you, you see that as being sort of the new, going back to if you start up your own practice, you would essentially be doing that all, all day. All day, yeah. all day. I would be going to literally every meetup event that caters to the, the people that I would want. So during the day, if I had no clients, I would literally sit, sit there, pump out content, build that reputation online, try building up that audience. And then at night, I would go to these events where my target audience is. You know, there's yeah. a, if you're an immigration attorney, there's ton of uh, there's a ton of events that immigration attorneys could go to and make a, a killing. You know, they yeah. they'll go there, show their face, and, and keep in touch with these people. You know, exchange your card and whatnot, and then the long term ROI of that is huge. It's the know? follow up also that's super yeah. important when it comes to that. not just meeting them, but then saying, hey, what's going on? And I think that this allows you to do that without being. So I've never been a huge. I tried one newsletter. It was a disaster. It was an absolute. It was a real estate yeah. newsletter. And it was like, what was happening in Tribeca? Just completely idiotic. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of people use newsletters to, to keep in touch with, with people, but it, it, it's tough to, to sort of give a personal touch when you're doing something like that. Yeah, absolutely. But I think that's where Instagram may, may come in because you see, or Twitter may come in because you see the, the, the normal side of somebody, like who they really exactly. are. And it allows these people to sort of follow up almost on their own when, mm-hmm. when you follow them. Um, 
Because no one opens emails. I mean, no, no one, one. No, like, if I get an advertisement through an email or a newsletter, I nine out of ten times I'm never gonna read it. It's gone. <laughs> yeah, it's completely exactly. gone. I don't want to deal with it. And and then it doesn't it doesn't breed this inherent like, oh, I know this guy or yeah. I know this woman to to be. It all seems out. like they're just doing it to do it. You know. Do you see just shifting shifting topics for a second? Do you see practice areas? I don't want to say going away, but you know, if you're a lawyer. Would you counsel someone not to go into a particular practice area for the next, let's say, in five or ten years, do you see a particular practice area sort of going by the wayside and, and sort of not being the, the best that, that you can possibly? You know, I, I'm, I'm really not too sure about that one yeah. um, because since we only work with – since we're like, you know, 100% of our energy is devoted on tackling like this business practice area. So the right? business so practice area. I right. see that one as something that's booming. You right. know what I mean? Because I think, you know, technology is the future. There's always going to be entrepreneurs that are trying to reinvent the wheel or create the next big thing, right? And to be able to give them some value along the way, I, you know, like in the 90s, there weren't, I don't think there was many entrepreneurs in, in the, the dot-com crash as there are now, you know what I mean? Right. Especially in a place like New York. Like there were never this many tech companies or co-working spaces in New York, you know, like a couple of years ago. And now it's just taking off. So like, you know, that's where I would focus a lot of my energy on is finding a way to get connected to these people. And like, you know, if you're a business attorney, you could literally go to any of these networking events that these co-working spaces have every day. Like, there's probably over 20 co-working spaces in New York, and they have these open invite events. You mean you like WeWork and all those WeWork, yeah. Alley, yeah. you know, Jointure, right out here in Wall Street. You know, you could literally go to them, network with all these potential people that you want to do, but it's just a matter of getting up and doing it. So it's, it's the same thing. It goes back to the hustle, right? Exactly. So WeWork constantly has, so I signed up with WeWork for some free thing. I forget what the hell it is, but I'm paying $10 a month to give, to give me access to actually come in there, which is essentially why, I want to say why a lot of people pay. Because it's not just this cool office space with beer pong and really who cares at the end yeah. of the day. You, you want to do business, but exactly. it's being given the opportunity to be surrounded by 40 or 50 different companies that are Absolutely. there that are going to see you making coffee and say, hey, what's the story with this? And then potentially turn that into a client, mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. So it goes back to the actual hustle itself. Yeah, right. exactly. So, exactly. I mean, do you – the one thing I did want to focus on, one of the last things I want to focus on is sort of the commoditization of law. Mm -hmm. Lawyers are constantly scared out of their minds, or some lawyers, I should say, because you can't – painting lawyers is a huge brush, right? When you say lawyers, it's just painting them with a humongous brush. A certain segment of lawyers are, are somewhat scared of legal zoom and other sort of avenues because clients again they're gonna be like, Well, why am I paying two thousand dollars for this or five thousand dollars for this when I can get it for two hundred? Do you see that as a legitimate fear? Where do you see tech sort of playing into the legal marketplace? Yeah, I think that there's um there there's a you know, like you said, we know we have competitors. We know like Apple's a great company, they raise like you know, ten million dollars or something like that. Um, more, yeah, yeah, some, yeah, yeah, yeah. Recently, just raised more. Rocket Lawyer, you know, raised right. a ton of money. Um, we've just raised a good amount of money as well. I think that the focus that all these companies have, you know, including ourselves, is how can we make the experience better for lawyers, right? Like, I think LegalZoom kind of is looking to tap into that space now. They have some type of lead gen platform, right? Right, but I, I think that. The, the company that's going to crush it is going to be the one that finds out how to give something of value to lawyers, right? So, like, whether or not you're commo a commodity, um, I don't think lawyers will become one, but I do think that the way they get their clients, the way they make 
a substantial portion of their revenue could be you know much different you know down the road like we have lawyers that use law trades that use it for a certain percentage of their income because they're getting so many inquiries where they really mastered how to you know be awesome at the platform right you know what i mean and i i think that that's the the future i think that there's going to be an easier way for people to probably get in touch with you but you're going to have to work 10 times harder to grab them you know what i mean and yeah. and so so I, I think that the eventually um the company that will you know end up being like the airbnb for lawyers or the uber for lawyers will be someone that gives that that just was able to master the chicken the classic chicken and egg scenario you yeah. know like get the the infinite amount of supply of clients the hidden supply and then be able to have lawyers that are making money off of it every month you know we want to be able to say like something similar to like uber when they're pushing their service to the cab drivers where they're like oh you know sign up for uber make five thousand dollars your first month right. like that's the goal for and i'm sure that's a goal for like rocket lawyer or avo or us is to be able to say that same thing so yeah. so hopefully i think technology will solve the problem but i do think that there's there has to be more of like a willingness to adopt new platforms to be able to be on the cutting edge of all these platforms and take advantage of them before other people do. You know, you want to be the legal zoom. You want to do what legal zoom did to Google AdWords, right? And, and but just find the new ways to do it because everyone's innovating all the time. And the one thing that I, I sort of want to touch upon real quick is that yeah. you know, what I always say is that lawyers can't expect the vehicle itself to do it. And we we've yeah. sort of touched upon it. So there's there's attorneys that constantly and, and I I've discussed this ad nauseum before in my lectures. And a lot of times I'll say. It doesn't make sense, you know, if you're not going to go on, it doesn't make sense for you to even explore this at this point. Yeah. Because they'll have people that pitch them all day and say, hey, you know, as I said, we're going to pump out content for you. We're going to get you on LinkedIn. Yeah. And a lawyer thinks that's the case. Lawyers are going to have to be in the driver's seat along with these things to to be able to not only survive, but, but thrive to a certain extent. Like they have to, you know, if someone ever said, I'm going to produce content for you, I would say thanks, but no thanks, because it's not... It's not you. Want, it's not me. Yeah, right? exactly. People want your own voice. People want to know who in the world you are. That's the most frustrating part. Yeah, that that it, with with lawyers, and that that's something that I think they're going to have to learn going forward. Is that you know if you if you want to do this, I'm not saying that you should do this in any way, but if you want to do this, and if you want to get this sort of uh, different client base, the onus is on you. So you can you know you can put me on law trades and I can have access to all these clients but if my profile completely sucks if yeah. I you know if I don't get back to them right away if I don't show any kind of um, zeal in terms of what I'm doing they're going to not they're not going to think twice no they're, they're gonna not going to think twice it. at all that that that's really uh, I'm glad you hit that point because I think that that's so important I mean thinking that you know you're going to just pay someone to do it for you just for the sake of doing it because you right. hear that that's what everyone else is doing it's it's the complete wrong way of thinking because if you think about it you're going to pump that content out whatever they end up writing for you on all these different channels and those people are going to associate that with you you know and they're going to comment back to you if you're lucky you know they're going to say hey nice article or you know hey why why'd you write this or whatever and you're going right. to just be faking it you yeah know? Well, which and makes no sense you, yeah. want, you, you just sound like an idiot so. yeah exactly so i think it's all since everything is all one-on-one -on -one interaction even though it's like a social network most sure. of these platforms it still comes down to that one-on-one -on -one interaction so like putting out your own genuine content i think is you know the way to go this has been awesome. Tell everyone where they can find you. Yes, Tell them yes. where, where they can find Law Trades. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I don't, I don't mean to plug, but if plug you, away, if you, um, if you're interested in learning more, just you can shoot me an email. My email is ashish at lawtrades.com, um, or you could just go onto our website lawtrades.com. Um, and just literally apply for an invite right there. And, you know, we'd be happy to like kind of tell you a little bit more about what we're doing. 
don't worry it's not going to be like the typical sales call like yeah. i said you might run into one of our funny reps or something um but you know we're really passionate about helping lawyers grow their practice so just you know reach out to us and you know if you're someone that we can't give value to if you're a personal injury attorney and in, you know nevada or something like that you feel free to still give us a call because we're always willing to just learn more and be able to spread you know whatever knowledge we could so thanks a lot for all right well me. i want to thank you again yeah, for coming awesome. on and uh, yeah. doing a little podcast with me and uh everybody check out uh check out the site because it is kind of cool yeah. thanks again guys